Okay, so let's start. So what we're going to learn today is the first parak of the Shemana Parakim. That's the, the sugya, Yanudiyema. But um, before we start the first parak, I just want to comment something that struck me about, about the Hakdama. We were talking about, in Hakdama, we focused mo- mainly on how the Rambam says that Ovis is about making Tanoim bats and making someone who's Kamata Novi. And the Rambam says the whole function of <coughs> one of the main functions of Mesachtas Ovis. To tell us about the Messiah. So Ovis is about creating authorities, you could say, or developing developing someone as an authority, as a Torah authority, as even a divine authority, as we've been discussing in the past year. So it's something ironic here, which is that in the Akdom of Parakim, Ramam tells us also an anti-authority statement, which is the other thing we discussed. Da'inu Kabel Hamas Mishamre. Means we don't care about the, the authority. We care merely about the content. So there seems to be like two contradictory things. There's some, some irony going on over here. On the one hand, Ovis is about who are these people? Why do we care about the, about the, what what these people say? Terrence says these people were Khashiva people, they had the good character, and so on and so forth. And then they're saying, I'm going to teach you what you need to know about Peggy Office, but uh, don't, don't worry about who says it. Right? So it's a weird thing. But the Pshat is like this. The Pshat is really not a contradiction because if you want to know the truth, if you want to, if you want to become a, a, a Chacham, so the Eitz is Kabbalah Mishama. Misham. Eitz is to look for the truth. And then if you are a Kabbalah Misham, right? And now you become a great man. So now you become an authority. So in other words, what we have to know about a person in order to establish him as an authority is that he was anti-authority in a certain sense. He's not just copying everyone else. He's, he, was, he was looking for the MS. So this, the two teaching actually go together because the teaching, if you want to be a Navi, if you want to be a Hatana, so you want to know the Chochmas HaTayra, so you could be Mamshech, the Mazaira, and so on and so forth, as we as we discussed. Then you have to be Kabbalah You have to look for the truth. And then you'll become a person who's who's an authority, and you're a gaver. So it's just interesting that there's these two two poles in the Hagdama, but it's not really a, it's not a contradiction. Obviously, okay, fine. So here's what we're gonna do, and I'm gonna assume that the Olam has some familiarity with first parak. So I won't, let's just briefly summarize at least the parts of the first parak that I want to focus on. First parak of the of the Shemana Prakim is a most extremely important parak in the Ramam's writings. Because if there's any place that where the Ramam tells us, Maze Odom, what is a human being? It's right here. And the Ramam says like this. The Ramam starts off by asserting that a person has one nefesh. Not various nefeshes. That one nefesh does many things. Unlike some of the doctors say that actually man has three different nefeshes. I'm just going to summarize the parak and then we'll 
and then we'll address the points that we want to address. And then he says, listen, if you want to make a person into a, a fix his character, what you're doing is essentially ripoy hanefesh. So then you have to know what the nefesh is. You have to know what the nefesh is parts. So he goes through the parts of the nefesh, which he explained earlier. It's not really different parts. It's really different actions that the nefesh does. Because really the nefesh is one thing. We'll, we'll soon talk about what is that thing. What is the nefesh? And the Ramam just starts talking about whether man has one nefesh or many nefeshes. But he seems to be assuming that we know what the word nefesh means, I guess. And he says the nefesh does many things. But then he reminds us that we're talking about the human nefesh. Not the animal nefesh. The animal nefesh is fundamentally different than the human nefesh. And he asserts this very strange thing, which is that the sense of, let's say, touch. When we say a human being has a sense of touch. And we say an animal has a sense of touch. That's really using the same word in two different meanings. Shit of Hashem. Shit of Hashem means we're using the same word in two different ways. Classic Shit of Hashem, the Rambam says in the Milas HaHigoyen, the classic example of a Shit of Hashem is the word Ayin, which means an eye, and it means a spring. No Shaykhis. One word that has two completely different meanings. Similarly, Hargasha, the Rambam says, has two different meanings. Okay, we'll get to that soon. Um, and then he goes through the Chalkei HaNefesh, five Chalkei HaNefesh, and that I will not spend any time on today. Perhaps we'll get to that another time. Five Chalkei HaNefesh, Zon, Margish, Midame, Misayr, and Sechli. And then he says, Then he says that this one Nefesh is like Chaymer, and the Seichel is its tsura, and if it doesn't have this tsura, which is the seichel, then its um, its potential to receive that tsura is for nothing, and that's how he reads the pasuk: "Gamba loy das nefesh loy toiv." A nefesh that doesn't achieve das is loy toiv. But then he tells us that if you really want to understand tsura and chaymer and seichel, it's a very deep stuff, and not going to be not, not. He sort of works it back. Okay, so that's the uh, summary of the parak, Lenyunenu. Lenyunenu, because I skipped the whole middle part about all those details, which I don't want to go into. Okay, so let's start with the first question. So the Rambam is going to teach us something about the nefesh. So the first thing you have to ask yourself is, well, what is a nefesh? Right, Maskim, that's the first question. So thankfully, the Rambam himself told us what it is in Yesodeh HaTayra. <clears throat> okay, everyone could see the Yisodetar on the screen? Yeah? How about a nod or a shake your head? So no. Yeah, you can see it? Okay. Peg, Dalit Halachaches in Yisodetar. Nefesh Kolbasar, he. Oops. Pull that up again. Here we go. Nefesh Kolbasar, he. Tsurasai Shenasanai Hokel. So don't read on here because it gets very confusing very fast. The first line the Ramam says is that the nefesh of all basar, and this includes humans, is its tsura. 
It's God-given tzura. Okay, so what's a tzura? So now that we know a nefesh, the nefesh of every basar is its tzura, which we could translate into English as form. But what's a tzura? So if you go back to Allah Vav, the Ramam says that the motions of the Galgal um, cause the various elements to be mixed together. If there's any points over here that require more Hezber, please stop me. But uh, the elements shouldn't concern us. Basically, there's material. Like we have the table of uh, elements. So the Ramam has four elements. Four elements. Um, fire, air, uh, earth, and, and water. And I got those the order wrong there. But those are the four elements. And they mix together through the motions of the spheres. I'm just giving us a, 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 a basically a, um, the whole theory of, of, of nature, science. Okay, so I'm in, I'm in Halakha Vav there. Um, the Galgal moves and therefore the elements mixed together, and you have all sorts of goylems. And each goylem, again, God, again, we bring in kale, noisen goylem v'goylem tzura ru'yeloi. Each goylem, so goylem means um, matter, formless matter. Formless matter then receives the form that um, is appropriate for it. Alide malacha ishim, the tenth level of malachim, is a form itself is a form, which is called ishim. Okay, so everything receives a form. Everything, everything that exists, it has a form. And the Ram says explicitly, There is no, you'll never find something that doesn't have a form, and you'll never find a form that doesn't have some matter that is informed. You in your mind can divide everything that exists. In your mind, you can you can look at something and say, wait a second. Let's say a table, right? So you look at a table, you say, what is the table? Well, there's the material of which the table is made. But the table is not merely the material, because the table is a table. It's not, it's not something else. Um, but there's some underlying matter that comprises the table. And the proof of that is you can turn a table into something else. So in your mind, then, you can understand that a table and every single thing, every single thing is its underlying material and whatever that, that thing is. And even the, you have to understand, even the most basic thing, even, a, even a, a piece of sand or a piece of dirt, there's a material that makes a, that becomes a piece of dirt. Material becomes a piece of sand. So everything that the Rambam has, Chomer and Surah, has a form, and remember from Allah above, the form comes from a malach. Okay. Is, that a, is that referring to a physical form? I mean, the matter is being filled into a form. Is that a physical form, even though it's coming from the malach? It does not mean shape, if that's your question. So it's some, some sort of spiritual form? Yes. Form means um, that which makes it what it is. It's whatness. It's mahus, and that's what mahus means, whatness. Um, and what that means is that um, there is no thing that exists that we know of that isn't something. 
right? Everything is something. That thingness, that identity uh, is real, according to the Rambam. And it comes from it comes from somewhere. In other words, there's, there, there are, let's say, there are X number of, of, of identities that things could have. You can be a table, you can be a this, you could be a that, you could be a that. And all there's like a library of, of forms in this malach, in this 10th level of malach. He's a repository of all these ideas, all these concepts that goylems, which means matter that's formless. Remember, there's no such thing. But in your mind, we recognize that everything is made up of two, of two aspects. There's there's a there's a a, a material that beca- that is something. Does that make sense? I'm not doing the best job of explaining this. Is this what the this is what the Ramban refers to as Hiuli? Yeah, so Hiuli is the Goyalim Beloitzur, which only exists in theory. Right. Yeah, so it's important that it exists in theory because it's it's um around, if you want to talk about my separatious, you say, well, Hiuli is real in terms of the theory, in terms of the makeup of everything. We understand that okay, there's 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 Hiuli and then there's the 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 whatness that's given to the Hiuli, the form that's given to it. It's made so, into something. Right. So one Lamaisa is a nefesh, it's the tsur of what? Okay, so now let's go to Halacha um, Ches. Let's just finish. You see in Halacha Zayin, he says, the is without a golem can't be seen by the eye. They can only be seen by the eye of the mind. And the is that don't have a golem, what are those? Those are Malachim. Ramam says, um, in the Mayra. So in other words, the, the fact that there's something, a tzura that that's not informing anything, that we can infer the existence of that. We can infer the existence of a tzura b'legoylem, but we can't see it. Now, going back to, so what's a nefesh? So nefesh well, kobas, yeah. That last, that last thing, he, no, a, a malach is what? Is a tzura, but without a goylem? It didn't come yeah. from any, what does that mean? It didn't come from any, there's no, it's not any matter. Right. Even, because like, no, matter means in this world, so we have to figure out a, um, um, a definition of matter. I don't remember the Ram's definition of matter, but um, malachim are immaterial. Whatever the whatever the definition of matter is, probably something that has dimensions and something that's divisible. Malachim are immaterial. So chaymer really only exists here. Yes. There's no chaymer. There's no chaymer in shemayim, Kila. No, not okay. shemayim as in whatever, right? As in shemayim, shemayim. Yeah. Whatever. It's complicated, actually. But yeah, we could say that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's a big machlai, because that's why the Rambam says you cannot see a malach. It's impossible to see a malach. Because there's nothing to see. And therefore, when it says, um, anytime you see a malach in, in Tanakh, it has to have happened b'mar nevua. Which the Ramban in Vayera says, d'varmeilu asa l'shomom, koshkein l'hamim b'hem. And um, the Ramak says that malachim are gashmi, but a gashmi dak. Some sort of subtle matter. But a regular tsura could um, be seen. Sublime. What? But a regular tsura that has a golem, that's something which could be seen by a human. So when we Even see a table, we're, physical... seeing, we're seeing, I don't know, are we seeing the table this? I don't know. I mean, we're seeing something, a, a table, and a table has chaymer and tsura. We don't, the, the fact that there is chaymer and tsura separately, that's what's something we divide in our minds. But we're seeing the thing that has a form. 
even though it's not a it's a spiritual form. It's an idea. It's more like of an idea. In other words, if you want to know, like you have a table, so at what point, let's say like this Kalim, right? So we always have to figure out at what point is it no longer a table. That what we're trying to capture, tableness. That's its form. And, and remember, but everything has that. Again, so don't think just the table. Everything has that. Because everything is something. What does it mean everything is something? It means everything is everything is such that at a certain point, it's not that anymore, right? Sand is sand. Ah, what if you take sand and you make it into glass? So at a certain point in the transformation, it's no longer sand. So that mahus, that identity of being sand, that's called a tzura. And, um, and the world is so constituted that everything is something. And that thingness is spiritual is an interesting word to use, but yeah, it comes from malachim. We have to figure out what malachim are, but that's, that's sort of begging the question here. But okay, I think this is sufficient for now. We'll get clearer when we learn about the nefesh, and it'll, it'll, I think it will become a lot clearer. So if it doesn't, you tell me then. Let's leave this for now. Halachaches says nefesh which means that a nefesh is merely the tsura of a living thing, right? The tsura of a living thing has a special word. The tsura of inanimate things does not have a special word. The tsura of a table, the tsura of a table, the tsura of a chair, tsura of a piece of dirt, tsura of a house, those are all called tsuras. The tsura of living things has this new term called a nefesh, but all it is is the tsura of any living thing. Okay, so the same way a table is a table by virtue of being a table and having the identity of tableness. So a horse is a horse because it has this identity of, of horseness. And a human is a human because it has an identity of humanness. And again, just because we can't touch, that's Ram's point he said earlier, we can't touch that identity separate from any body, but we can understand that, yeah, you're not only your, your matter, you're not only the parts that we can touch, you're an idea. So you're a combination of matter that participates in some larger idea. And that larger idea comes from, what the Raman says, the Malach, that himself is an idea, himself is a tzura. Remember he says, Nalach Havav. Hamalach HaAsirisha, he had tzura, handikris ishim. Okay? So now, when we talk about it as a human nefesh one, you notice in Allah Ches, the Ramam continues and starts talking about when a person attains seichel, then he has a different surah. That's what we'll get to that soon. But I want you to just try to hold off on that in a minute. Let's talk about the first half over here because there's two, the Ramam says two different things, and human being is quite complicated for this reason because there are two things to say about a human. You see, in, in, in our parakash, the Ramam says two things. He starts off discussing whether a man has one nefesh or three. And he says it's only one. And um, and then in the end of the parakeet, he talks about the seichel is, the, the, this nefesh is like choymer. And the seichel is a tzura. So that's a second step. We're now in the first step of the Ramam. The first step of the Ramam is we're talking about the human nefesh. And the human nefesh, as we see from Allah HaKhes, is the human form. Again, which means what makes a human a human. And the word nefesh is shared with a um with all living things. The word nefesh is shared with all living things because a horse has something that makes it a horse, and the human beings has, and the human being has something that makes it a human being. 
Okay, so now going back to our parak over here, when the Ram wants to know, does a man have one nefesh or three? Um, you see what the question is like this. The question is, does a human have one identity, one whatness? We'll use the word mahus from now on. Does a human being have one mahus? The reason why I'm saying whatness and not mahus is because mahus, people use it in a lumdisha way and they don't realize it. it just literally means whatness but whenever so i want you to think about whatness meaning the concept that there's a an identity of something is what it is people use mahus as in like some sort of inspirational way i don't know <laughs> mahus of a mensch ram's going to tell us about the mahus of a mensch but he's seen the rambam he's trying to make us think he's not trying to just get us worked up so in order to think i'm using the word whatness and now i'm going to switch back to mahus okay so Nefesh Adam, Nefesh Achas means like this. If you don't know what's the mahus of a human being, is a human being one thing or is a human being three things? So first let's talk about the other side, the people that think that Nefesh, that the person has three Nefeshes. And these are great people that said that. And maybe the Mukubalim, some Takahol like that, whatever, it's a big Mahalikas. They say human being is three things. He's a vegetable. On top of that, he's an animal. And on top of that, he's a human. Because we notice this interesting thing, that we share things with animals, and animals in turn share things with plants. So we have a very fundamental shayla. We have a very fundamental shayla. Are we three layers? Or are we one thing? Yeah, it's a very fair shayla. It's a very fair shayla. Now, I'm not sure what the term, how we, how we're supposed to answer this question. Has Ram know the answers one or the other? What, what determines this? But I want to give you like a muscle. Let's say you, a human being, right, would somehow, let's say, you know, uh, sci-fi and who knows what kind of stuff, we can um, start communicating with animals and and and, bl and blend ourselves with animals somehow, right? Through uh, brainwaves, I don't know. So then what would you be? You'd be, ah, two things. I'm a person and an animal, and I'm doing both of them. I'm doing two things. So that's that's the concept over here. You could create one entity that really is two entities in, in, in this true sense. So the, the Rifim that the Ram quotes believe that the human being is actually really three entities, a lower level entity, which is a vegetable, a plant, a higher level entity, which is an animal, and a higher than that, which is the human being. But the Rambam insists that no. Man is only one thing. So when the Rambam says nefesh adam nefesh achas, what that means is that man is only one thing. Don't have to think about souls. Does man have one soul? Does man have three souls? It's not, not an interesting word, soul. What's interesting, and by the way, I'm going to, be very, to be very clear, we're going down the Rambam. The Rambam says that nefesh means a tzura. There are the people who Sag talks about it, uh, um, Ibn Daud and the Munarama. Maybe the nef. What is the nefesh? Is the nefesh something that exists prior to the person? And then we have this concept of Gilgal. Maybe it could come back. The Ramam, the way the Ramam defines the nefesh, at least at this point, it's the tsura of the living thing. It doesn't exist. It's not something else that exists and is you know combined with the living thing. In theory, it could exist separate. Maybe in theory, as Ram says, but actually. All it is is the tzura of, of, any, of a specific living thing. 
How how would it be able to exist separately? Well, because it comes from that malach. So, right? Remember? So, yeah, but t a table a table can't exist that chutz from the table. Okay, but here's the thing: the table nis. It's not so pasha because the table nis comes from a malach, right? So before I made the table, was there a table nis? If there be no tables, let's say I'm, I'm I, I eradicate all tables from the world. Is there still tableness in existence in that tenth level level, level malach called uh, Ishim, who who within, within himself contains the concept of a table? Even if yes, but just as an idea, not Ba'atzim. Okay, but um, ideas are very important. <laughs> ideas are real. Okay, this is a big machlekes Plato and Aristotle. This is Plato's uh, Plato's doctrine of forms is that everything the forms that forms exist prior to to the things that participate in them, and then everything takes uh, uh, takes a share or participates shares in those forms. And Aristotle says no, the whole form is only nachdem they have a thing. You could talk about the form. This is a big shaila. The Rambam, I'm not sure what he says about it. It's not clear. He quotes Plato about this in a different. In a different context. Um, what is it? I'm holding about this. Not clear to me. Okay, we don't have to worry about that now. Um, the point is like this. The point is, we don't have to worry about that. The point Lenin was the Ramam is telling us like this. Very important to know what a human being is. And soon we'll talk about why it's so important. But before we approach what is a human being, we want to know, well, is a human being one thing? Is a human being many things? And Ramam's first decide is, that human being is one thing. Now, why is it important? Why is it important that human being is one thing? Why is it interesting? Because, very simple reason, because everything is supposed to be, I think we discussed this, the basis of morality or of ethics, meaning to say the basis of what should a person do or what should anything do, is, according to the Ramam, what it is. So a lion, let's say, should be a lion. A horse should be a horse. And you might be realizing that when a horse is a horse, when he horses around, he's bad some actualizing his horseness, his tsura of horseness. So he's living up to his tsura, right? So if you want to know what a human being should do with his life, well, we have to say, well, well first question is, well, what is a human being? Okay, now the Ramam insists in Parake, I'm jumping ahead over here, in Parake, Royal Adam Lahavid Koichis Nafshakulam Fiadas. We spoke about this in the previous Shurim. Everything a person does is supposed to be for one end, which is for Hadas. Now, the reason why this is true in the Rambam is because a human being is um, one thing. Because if a human being would be a plant and on top of that an animal and on top of that a human being, then it wouldn't be correct to say that there's no purpose in human life except for das. It would be correct to say that the higher level mahus of the person, which is human is, that higher level is for das. But the lower levels, his plantness and his animalness, 
if they have an identity of their own, a mahus of their own, then even if a person doesn't perfect his higher level, a human is, you can't say that he's that he's um that he's purposeless. Remember the Rambam says in the end of Parakalif, going back to the end of Parakalif, he says if a person doesn't achieve seichel, his nefesh is for nothing. It's like his whole existence is for nothing. That's only true because the human being is one nefesh. If a human being would be three things, then you wouldn't be able to be so sharp and say, um, everything has to be dedicated for one purpose. And, and if a person doesn't dedicate himself to that purpose, then he's then he's lashav. All right, I'll take a little break if anyone has questions. So Lamina Afkumina, if it's one or three. Now is whether we could tell a person that if you're if you're Isaac and you're fixing your your um your plant self or your animal self, are you wasting your life away? So practically, what does it mean to be Isaac in your goofs in your behemoth self? Oh, it would mean to um uh let's say with the plant self, let's talk about that. So Isaac in the plant self would mean I all I want to do is keep my body healthy. Let's say a person spends his life keeping his body healthy. So according to the random, there's no intrinsic value unless it brings you to deaths. Correct. And that's because you are nothing but a das machine. And everything else follows from that. Everything else is just a hechatimza to get to that. Correct. And what's what's the behemoth self? Is a hechatimza. And it's a hechatimza. Now, exactly like you said, it's a hechatimza. So it's very musari, but the difference is that the Rambam believes this because he understands that he figured out what a human being is. Um, we'll talk about that soon, exactly. We, oh, so far we said he's one thing. We didn't really talk about what that one thing is. But if we could figure out what, what that human being is one thing and we could figure out what that one thing is, then we can know for certain that everything else is a hechatimza. Okay, and lafi the other... The Rambam was right. If it would be three different nefashites in a person, in a person, so then why would um, wh- how could they affect, affect each other? We know that they do affect each other. If someone's hungry, it's harder for him to uh, learn. It's harder for him to think. So if that's two different nefashites, how why is one working to like affecting another one? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know the theory of the three nefashas. I don't know how they, how it explains that. In other words, like, what is it really three different entities that somehow, somehow combined? I don't know how. Right. Some other combined? I don't know how. I mean, I was giving you my marshal before. Let's say we would figure out a way to combine a human with a, with a real animal, you know, and somehow they could work together, affect each other. But then Lamaisa, so then you're not really being chaylik. Meaning, at some point, once they affect each other, then you're going to have to give a new tsura to that combination because it is something new. So that, so then go with the Rambam and just say that in Echrami, it's all coming from one nefesh and um, uh, and that's the tsura of a person. So that's the thing. That's why I said before, I'm not sure what's machriya the shayla. What I meant to say was like this. You just said, if we combine it, now we have to give it a new tzura, right? Um, I mean, yes and no, because if there's these pre-existing tzuras in nature that then combine to create a third tzura, 
which is a combination of the previous two. I'm not so sure it's right to say, to call that a new tzura. Well, it is, meaning <laughs> it, you could, I can hear that it, coexisting with that is the fact that there's two different tzuras. I hear a lundus like that, but Lamaisa, there is something new, meaning there, there is something new also. There's a chiddush. Right, but if the chiddush is only that the tzuras can interact and not and not create, okay. I'm out of my I'm out of my depth here, so I'm going to keep quiet. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, go ahead, Moshe. I just asked quickly something else. Um, yeah. I make I'm assuming that what these these from wherever these are. By the way, who are they? The doctors of his time? No, the probably uh, Greek. What's his name? Galen. The philosophers. Or, uh, I got the other guy's name. What? Uh, so that, uh, I just wanted to know is that he seems to be assuming that they each have their own tour. That means he has three different identities going on at once. Why can't it just be that these are the building blocks to get to? It says Mahus is only Badas or whatever it's going to be, and everything until then is just a necessary evil, so to speak, just to get him there. Well, why does it have to be that each one does own like Matthias and they, therefore they stir each other? Right. No, the way you described it is the way the Ramam understands it that that those are all building blocks for one entity, which is the human. No, is there, there, right, but I'm saying, but the Rifim are saying that it's like Mohrach, that if it's there, it must be that each one of the three have to be a definition of who he is. Is that their, like, their thought process? I think that thought process is they're trying. To, I think this they're struggling with the problem that a human being seems to be an animal plus, and an animal seems to be a plant plus. So, so how do we understand that? So the answer is it's takazai. It's takazai. There's plantness within every animal, and that, and then there's animalness super added on plantness, and the human being has humanness super added on on his on his animalness. So it's Dr. Jinkle, Mr. Hyde with another, with another head. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. All right. So that's the mice over here. Now, okay, I want to I want to comment on one very strange thing that Ram says, and then we'll go to the end of the parak and we'll see how human beings become very interesting because of this. So so far we learned that the human being is one as one identity. Um, we didn't quite identify what is the identity of a human being, right? We didn't say what that is. In other words, what does it mean to be human? Um, we'll get to that soon. We'll get to that soon. But remember the Ramam said like this. The Ramam said that even though we feel and animals feel, that's a different koyach. Koyach ha-mazin asher la-odam and nenu koyach ha-mazin asher la-chamor v'lasus. Ki odam nizim b'chelik azam and anefesh ha-anushis. Ma-chamor nizim b'chelik azam and anefesh ha-chamor. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? He says when a human being and a living thing has a hargosha, we I feel I feel something, it's hard. I feel something's hot. I feel something is soft. So does a horse. Feel it. Mom says, no, that's incorrect. We don't don't we we don't both feel it. I feel it and the horse feels it, but that we're using the word feel and it's doing double duty. It means two different things. It means two different things. Not that the Hargasha that Reuben has is the same Hargasha that the horse has. That's incorrect. Now, it sounds like the Ramam, I mean, it doesn't sound like, but beginners might think the Ramam is saying that the subjective experience of human touch is different than the subjective experience of, of horse touch. That's not what he's saying. He's not talking about the phenomena, the phenomena the, or the subjective experience of touch. 
He's talking about the lambdas. He's talking about like this. He's saying, and this is after this will give you help you understand the whole concept of tzura in the Rambam. That's why I said I think the concept will be clearer as we go along. The concept of tzura is like this. Okay, there's a there's something called a human being. There's a, an idea called a human being, and that idea, whether it exists prior to human beings or only comes into existence with human beings, we can debate that. But there's an idea called human beings, right? That idea is actualized, materialized, or instantiated by every individual human being. Now, what does the human, what does the individual human being have to have? What kaikas, what faculties does he have to have in order for him to be an, a, a valid materialization of this idea called human being? The answer is he has to touch, he has to eat, he has to this, he has to that, he has to think. But you know why a human being touches? Is because the nefesh anushas, as part of being a nefesh anushas, you have to have touch. Similarly, as part of being a sus, you have to have touch. But if you want to understand the world properly, and this is why I'm very concerned with words, because words, if words would be, if language would be perfect, then each separate thing that exists would have its own word. But language is not perfect. Sometimes we use the same word for two different things because they subjectively are the same. And these two things are indeed subjectively the same. Because the horse, when he touches something hot, he pulls away his hoof. Same way a human being will, will, will hurt his hand. It's not that it's a fundamentally different experience. Ram says explicitly in the Moira that animals suffer um, through their imagination in the same way that humans do. And Ram says explicitly in the Moira that we should be ashamed of our sense of touch because we have it um, meets out our animalistic self. We'll get, hopefully we'll get, see if we have time to get to those things and to understand better what a human being is in the Rambam. But the reason why we have that sense of touch is because being a human is mechayev touch. Being a horse is mechayev touch. Being an eagle is mechayev touch. So there's kama v'kama dinim, we could say, because you're lumdim, so you'll understand it that way, of touch in the veld. There's a din adam, that's Mikhaev touch, there's a din sus, there's a din eagle. And because there's a concept of the sus, because there's a concept of the adam, that's why there's um, humans have all the things they need, all the kreches they need to actually be uh, a material human, which is which is the material, um, the materialization of this concept called human. Clear? If that would be the only thing he's saying, the Rambam, then he's not really saying much. Meaning. The, the, a, a show, you have a table and you have a gate with two different surahs in Gansan. A dent in a table and a dent in a gate, you're not going to say, that's not sheet of Hashem. That's the Zal Bazaar. If feeling is the same, it's just that it happens to be a chalik of a different surah, then it's not sheet of Hashem. It's exactly, it's exa- it means the same exact thing. And then and then apply it to whichever surah it's a part of. No, it feels the answer is it feels exactly the same, but it's not exactly the same because one of them is there in the service of humanness, and one of them is the service of a hor- of horseness. So when the horse touches, what's happening is horseness is, is being active. Surahs have this ability to act. That's just, that's that's you have you have to think of the world that way. Let's we have to forget all science as it's taught today. You have to think of it that way. There's tzuris, there's these ideas, and they're starting the malachim, right? And then they come down to this world and they start acting. And the tzuris has sus, 
becomes active. And because it's Ruhasasas, it becomes active. Therefore, it does this, this, and this. Because it's required for hoarseness. It's also required for humanists to do something which uh, subjectively is the same as hoarseness. But it's actually humanists being active in the world. And the horse, when he touches, it's hoarseness being active. Think of it as an action, as, as, as what's being active, as a verb, not as an experience. Think of it as an action. And one is hoarseness going around and doing its thing, and one is humanist. Uh, last question, sorry, but shouldn't that further that that it is taka a different experience as well? Because we uh, the pain that we experience, let's say, is for that that the thing that we experience is for our tsura, it's for our vaida. Right? It, it creates us to get closer to the Vanshalam, to daven out, to uh to reach out everything that it creates us to do. Whereas for mm-hmm. a horse, it it's it's behemoth doesn't require any of that. So the experience should also be different. Yeah. So, okay. That's a, that's a very important question, which I, let's leave that because I can't deal with our regular yet. That's a very important question. Yes. Okay. So now um, that's so far so good. So we learned that a human being is one entity of a human being. We didn't really learn what that is, though. What's its defining feature? But let's go on. Moving on, Ram's going to tell us at the end of the parak that this whole nefesh that we've been talk- talking about till now, which remember is a tsura of chaymer, and the chaymer is the material of the body. Now the Ram does a very funny move, which he says that this whole nefesh, shazoisa nefesh ha'achas, that we discussed its faculties or its parts, is itself kachoymer. So the nefesh, which is the tzura of the material of the body, is itself the matter for a higher tzura. And that higher tzura is seichel. If it doesn't achieve this tzura, then its ability to be makabal that tzura, is levatala. And it's as if it itself, as as if the nefesh exists for nothing. So now let's just talk about a little bit what the Ramam is doing over here, which is just a fascinating thing. Remember, there's no shingaz chaymer without tzura, right? But here the Ramam is saying there's sort of, in the human being, there's sort of kachaymer. There's something which is like chaymer without tzura. Because the humanness. Um, can be kind of seichel. And the seichel becomes its tzura, if it's kind of it. Let's look at, let's go back to, you said that where the Ram says the same thing. This is in Perikdal Ches. And here the Ram, this is the second half of the Ram that I was telling you not to look at before. The Ram starts up by saying, Nefesh All flesh, all living things have a nefesh. And that's the tzura of each living thing. Adam, the sus, and so on. Now you have to read this next part of the Ramah, you have to read it very carefully. So everyone, every basar has a tzura. Adam ha-shalom has a different tzura. What's the tzura of Adam ha-shalom 
that Das Yisera is his Tzura. It's exactly what the Ram says over here in the um, Shemana Prakim, that there's a two, you can be mavgan on two levels. When you want to talk about the human being, you have to first talk about the Nefesh Adam in a similar way that we talk about the Nefesh of Kolbasa. The Hainu, he has a Tzura. Okay, what makes a horse a horse? You understand what makes a horse a horse. Go look, study horses, and you'll know what makes a horse a horse. What makes a human being a human being? Well, we all know what human beings are. That's what makes a human being a human being. It's fine. It's good. Whether he achieves Seichel or not, what makes a human being a human being is basically how we define a human being. How do you define a human being? Probably a rational being. In other words, the ability to think. But whether he actually uses that ability and gets somewhere with it or not, he's still a human being. But when it comes to human beings, there's a next step. Which is that if a person is an Adam HaShalom then that becomes his Tzura. That becomes his Mahos, his identity. Right? So a person has two identities. A person has an identity, uh, a preliminary identity, or a potential, an identity of potentiality that everyone is born with. He has the potential to think, and that is his identity. He has a tsura, he has a fratika tsura. But since but that tsura is very interesting because that tsura, the tsura of a human being, which is the potential to think, if it's actualized and he actually is kainasechel, then that becomes his tsura. We'll talk about why in a minute, but you see how the Ramam in, in Yusuf is doing the same thing that he does over here. That this nefesh ha'achas itself is like Khaimer. And the seichel is like tzura. And therefore it follows that if it doesn't achieve the tzura, it's as if it's a metzias of Hevel. You know why it's as if it's a metzias of Hevel? Because there really is no such thing as a chaymer b'lai tzura. Really, this world is chaymer b'tzura. But a human being occupies a very interesting place, which is that he can be an animal, be like another animal, essentially. Have a nefesh, nefesh kol basar, Right, he could have the same tzura as anything else does, meaning not the same tzura. He's a tzuras adam, that kind of animal, Homo sapiens, tzurasus, fine. But he could also upgrade and be kind of new tzura, which is a seichel. And because of that, and this is what we call bechira. Now, the whole, the whole, what's interesting about human beings is that they could actually change themselves. They could go, they could become divine. They could, they could, they could become greater than just being an animal. They could or cannot, unlike everything else. Another there's a line, is a line, is a line. He's not changing. He can't, he can't turn into something else. A human being could turn into something else. He could change his tzura. And therefore, since he could change his tzura, we understand that he's that's a higher tzura. And if he doesn't reach it, it's as if he's um like type. It's as if it's hevel. That's the ki'ilu himutsuya's hevel, because on the other hand, a human being could be like another animal. What's wrong with a human being being just another animal? Well, because a human being has this potential to reach a higher tzura, which depends on him being kind of seichel. So if he doesn't reach that, it's hevel. So he's hevel, I mean, he's hevel klape what he could become, but Lamaisa, he's just as much of his tzura, the, much, the way an animal is the tzura. Yeah, but the weird thing is like this. The weird thing is, that in a certain sense, that Ramam is saying that in a certain sense, the whole nefesh that we discussed till now as a tzura is really not a full tzura. It's really more like a chaymer. And the reason why is because 
And that's why it's not quite true that it's okay to just be an animal. Because since the human being has this ability to, to take this tzura, that's what a human being is. A human being is something that a horse is a horse, meaning a horse is a horse, which means what? He has ability to, to, to actualize horseness. And when he actualizes horseness, all he's doing is being faithful to what he is. The human being who's faithful to what he is becomes something else. We'll talk about that soon. How do you become something else? But he becomes something else. So therefore, it's a very weird position, you see? Because if you stay your whole life as someone who has the ability, you see like this, what's the essence of a human being? A thing that has the ability to become something else. So as long as I live my whole life with the ability to become something else, I'm not Levatala because I lived up to what it means to human being. There's something very corrupt about that, right? Because, because the whole heft of human being is something which if it actually lives up to being a human being, the Hainu is kind of say, then it'll become something else. So it's not, not so bush. Okay, but from here we have the idea, which I'll show you in various places in the Rambam, that some people are animals and some people are not animals. But you have to remember when we say when some people are animals, we don't mean the nefesh of Ami. There's no such thing as nefesh of Ami. There's nefesh of Adam. But what is an Adam? Is an Adam another animal? You know, there's a horse, there's a cat, and maybe there's a human being also. Oidilma, the human being, can be something fundamentally different because if the Seichel is the Tzura, right, the Seichel is the Tzura, that makes them fundamentally different qualitatively different than, than animals, right? You understand what I'm saying? There's no question about it that an animal, a, a human being is not a horse. But that's just like a horse is not a cat. Maybe an, maybe a human being is another kind of animal. And that's true. On the first nefesh that we discussed till now, you could put one, you could say one general sentence, nefesh, kol, basar, hitsu, and that's true about kol, basar, animals, cats, horses, and eagles, etc. But if you're an Adam HaShalom then you upgraded to have a different, fundamentally kind of different kind of tzura. And your tzura becomes your knowledge. We'll explain that soon, what that means. Your identity becomes your knowledge. You see, not the first level tzura that everyone's born with. The ability to be masculine. You have to become a shalom bedas till we can say about you that you are b'tzalam alaykim. And Ram says explicitly in the Meir, we'll see that soon, that not everyone is B'tzal Malikim. But let's read this halacha. Kalaymar, a man could achieve a tzura, you can achieve a mahos, and your mahos is that you know things, that you know immaterial things, you become knowledgeable about the fact that there are things that are immaterial, something which Ramam seems holds that animals do not know. Animals don't know the secret that there's really things that are immaterial. But man can achieve that knowledge. And then by achieving that knowledge, you yourself become immaterial. Okay? And this surah is very, very important. As Ram says in Allah Tess, because this surah, in surah this tzura, the intellect, this is not connected to, the, to, to matter. And this is why it uh, lasts forever. Okay, now we discussed before, all tzuras come from the malach, even the tzura of a horse. So you have to understand exactly what's the difference between that and, and the tzura of seichel that you achieve. The Torah says is not connected from the tzuras and therefore lasts forever. We're not going to go into that now.
Okay, so I want to show you some place in the Moira. Um, right, let's let's figure out what we have to understand. I just, what we what we what we saw so far is that a human being has um, two identities, right? He has his first identity, which is akin to the identity of every other animal. And what exactly is that identity? The Ram never told us in this parak, but it's basically you don't have to describe it because we can figure it out ourselves. You know, whatever makes a human being a human being, or it makes him unique, different than the other animals. Same way again, just to repeat myself. What makes a lion a lion is what is however a lion is different than than whatever than the zebra. What makes a zebra a zebra is what he's different than a giraffe, and so on and so forth. So too, what makes a human a human is what make, is whatever about a human is different than everything else. But the human being has this very weird thing, which is that when he actually starts acting like a human, he do, he becomes something else. He achieves a different sewer. So what we have to understand is a little bit of um, how is it that the human being becomes something else, right? Why do you become something else? A horse doesn't become something else when he has a great career of being a horse, but a human being becomes his knowledge. And therefore becomes I'm assuming else. he's dropping. I'm assuming he's dropping his first sewer, not like the Reifman would say that he has different sewers going on at once. Yes, because um, right, that's very interesting, right? Because his first sewer itself was a hachana. Exactly, because that's Ramam's point is that the first sewer itself is like a chomer. He's not just saying there happens to be a second sewer, right? He says this whole sewer that we described till now is really not a fartiget sewer. It's actually like a chomer. And every Chaimer, as we know, really needs a tzura, right? It's waiting for a tzura. Yeah, okay. So let's see. Um, okay, so again, so now we have two, in Parak Aleph of Shemayna Prakim, just as we have in Mishnah Torah, we really have two definitions of what an Adam is. Either an Adam is he who has the ability to be masculine, we can say, just because that's more or less how we would define a human being. And the Ram himself defines him that way in uh, in other places, in Milas Haigoyen and the Moira, that the definition of a human being, as opposed to, the definition of a human being is that which has the ability to be masculine. Um, and then that's that's true, that's a human. But then the, when the human is masculine, he becomes fundamentally a different thing and he becomes eternal. So now I want to show you just a couple of places in the Mernabuchim, and then I'll talk about why does a human being actually become a different thing. This is in the Alf Perak Zayin of the Meira. What do you see on your screen? You could see it? Okay, now it's good, fine. The Ram is explaining, okay, so the Ram starts Perk Aleph, Halach, Perk, Chilik Aleph, Perk Aleph in the Mora Nebuchim, is coming to explain what does it mean that man is Bitsamalakim. If if Hashem doesn't have a shape, so what does it mean that man is Bitsamalakim? And the answer is Tselem doesn't mean shape, Tselem means Tsura. This is the answer the Ram gives in Chilik Aleph, Perk Aleph. Tselem means Tsura, and Tsura means that which makes the thing what it is, as we've been discussing till now. And how is it that man is Bitsamalakim then? That's We'll leave that question. But that somehow answers the question. So the Ramam takes that further now in Pechelik al Zayin, and he's addressing here the Pasuk on the top of the page that's on that's up on the screen. The Pasuk says that after 130 years of Adam's life, he gave he had a child, Bidmusai Kitsalmoi. Now, if Tsalmoi means what makes a human being a human being, not his shape, that would mean that after 130 years, Adam Mishnah had a son 
whose identity was the same as Adam's, right? And that's what Ramam says. I already explained to you what Tzela means. The children that preceded Shays did not have the true Surah Anushis, which is the Tzalam HaAdam Adumusai and also Tzalam HaLekim. Only Shays, because Adam taught him Vahavinuhu, and he brought him to Havana, Vinimza Shalom Ashlemus HaAnushi, Amar Bavi Yalba Adumusai Ketzalma. So there's a Tzurah HaAnushis and there's a Tzurah HaAnushis Be'emes. And this is what we've been learning about in the Shemir Prakim and the Yisrael Torah. The Tzurah HaAnushis is every human being has the ability to be masculine. But if you're actually masculine, you're actually a loyman and maven, um, then you become a true human being. So this second level Tzurah, second level identity, is the real um, identity. And what does it mean it's the real identity? As Ramah says in the Shemana Prakim. It means if you didn't make it to that, you're you're not living up to what you are. Why? Because a human being, what is a human being? Is potential. Okay? Again, I have to explain to you why that's the case. Why is Seichel different than everything else? Remember, the Ram doesn't say if a horse doesn't, if your horse doesn't act horsefully, he's not, he's not, you know, he's not a horse. He doesn't say that. Tafka by human. And here he says specifically, as we said before, So is a human being an animal or is a human being fundamentally different? It depends. It depends. A human being by birth is an animal who has the shape of of a human being. This word is is unfortunate. It's an unfortunate translation. It should really be um, shape, because tsura means form. That's the whole round point. But anyways, the point is, he's really an animal, but he has the shape of a human being. Only if you achieved the tsura are you actually a human being. This is Chilak Alf Perak Aleph. Tselem. The word selim refers to the natural form. Ratzalaymar, that thing that makes the thing what it is. Vahayamashahu, it's whatness or it's mahos. Vahuhamitosai, that is its true essence. Measherhuha nimtsahahu, that is what makes it what it is. Asherhainyahu ba adam hu. So what is it about an adam that makes an adam an adam? It's that thing, asher ba'avuroi tiahasogahanushis. That thing which gives a person the possibility to be masig is what makes him a human being. So what makes a human a human is that he has the ability to be masig. So again, the ability to be masig is what makes a person an Adam. And once he is actually masig, because he can actually be masig, therefore... He's called Tzalem um, So it means a human being has the ability to masig, but that really is just makes him like an animal. A horse has the ability to be a horse, and a human being has the ability to think, and it's all very nice. Everyone does what they're used to, and that's great, but that doesn't make him Tzalem Malikim. What makes him Tzalem Malikim is if, is, is if he's actually masig. So I'll, I'll tell you like this. I want to, let's, maybe we should um, wrap things up. Yeah, it's getting it's getting long, but let me tell you what the, what the Vart is, Bikitzer. Why is it that when a person is masig, 
he becomes something else. The Rambam has this idea. This is a Chilakal of Perik Samaches. It's a very, very important idea in the Rambam. Remember the Rambam said in the end of Shemayin Prok and Parakal, if he said, oh, but to talk about Seichel and Chaim that's very complicated, we'll leave that for someplace else. Here in this Perek, the Rambam also talks about, in Perek Samaches, he also talks about the nature of Seichel. And he also warns about how it, difficult it is to understand these things. The Rambam is, is, considers the concept of, of intellect to be intellect, to be very difficult to understand. But the Rambam says, Samaches, we can't go through it now, I'll tell you B'Kitzer. What he says is as follows. He says, once a person is masculine something, once a person has an idea in his head, such as, let's say, the idea of a tree, then the person becomes that idea. Here, I'm on that page, page 100 here. When a person is masculine something, for example, in the parentheses, a tree, what does it mean a person to be masculine a tree? It doesn't mean he sees the tree. It means he has he has the concept of the tree, tree-ness in his mind. So then the person becomes an actual masculine, right? In other words, he doesn't have the potential to understand tree-ness. He actually knows tree-ness. Then the seichel that's in his mind is the true seichelon. The, the person who was able to perceive the concept of the tree, now he became Seichel. Okay, it's a very abstruse idea. I'll tell it to you, and maybe we'll see if we have to continue this next time to understand this. The point is like this. I have the ability to know treeness, right? But once I actualize that ability, um, what what that ability turned into the concept of treeness. The treeness, which is an idea, is now me. Before I had the idea of treeness, let's say all I had was I had this potential for an idea. But once that my brain, whatever, don't think about the material brain, once my my thought, instead of just having the potential to know treeness, once I actually have that thought of treeness, then that thought that idea is my identity, is me. Before I had the idea, I was only the potential for the idea. But once I turned into the idea, then, um, now once I once I took the potential and, and made it into an idea, that idea is now my, my essence. So basically, in, in a short way, we could say it, that maybe to keep it simple. Since a person's essence is different than a horse's essence. A person's essence is the ability to have ideas. And ideas are such that once you have the idea, once you have the idea, that is you. It's not just something you did. It's you, your, your thinking ability turned into thought. So Mamela, your tsura becomes an upgrade. Okay? And, but to say it in a very simple, very, very simple way, and we have to think about these things more. But now I'll say it very simple, and then we'll, I'll end. Um, what's a person? What's a human being, right? So I say, what are you? I meet you, I say, what are I? How do I relate to you? Well, you are all the things you can think. and You have the potential to think lots of things. But once you know all those things, once you actually know all those things, then you are all the things you know. Then you are all the things you know. Your body is obviously not so interesting. Why is your body not so interesting? Because a person is one nefesh. And that nefesh itself is all the ability 
to think. That's really what the nefesh is. You know why you touch, you know why you feel, you know why you eat, because that's all serving the ability to think. Once you actualize the ability to think, now you become a bunch of ideas. And those ideas then are what you really are. So the human being has this unique space, unique, he occupies this unique place where he, um, by actualizing, or by living up to his surah, he becomes, he becomes a different thing. Okay, I'll leave it at that. And I hope it wasn't uh, too too rushed on the Hezbo over here. See if we have to get to it. I think we'll have to get, we'll probably have to get back to you next time. Okay, any questions? Any thoughts? Yes. Two questions. First of all, is he saying that, so with every piece of information that you know, you're developing a new surah mm-hmm. or no? That surah, that, that will be similar to um, just a change in the same surah, meaning a table is, is, is a, it's whatness as a table, whether it's a granite table or a marble table. Um, it's not getting a different surah in each time. So is a, is a person a different person if he gets a new knowledge or is the same per, same surah just got upgraded? I mean, so the way he says the Yisrael Torah, the extra das, that is the person's surah. So I think, I think, yeah, I think your surah is the totality of everything you know. That's your surah, and the more you know, the more the the, the, the a different you have a different surah. Absolutely. You keep, every time you learn something, you're becoming a new person. Yeah, I think so. Why is it a problem? It means that so the surah is constantly evolving. Yeah, going up and down. You know. Right. Yeah. If you forget things, then um, you're also a different surah, right? Not every piece of information qualifies because not every piece of information is a surah she'en l'goylem. Just because you know information doesn't change your surah. Okay? We're talking about knowing abstractions. Uh-huh. And is this concept um, that when you use your whole nefesh for its correct and its, and its whole correctly, you become a new surah with the seichel, with das, is this what the kuzari means when he says that above Adam there's the Yehudi? Hmm. Uh, there's a there's a certain um uh parallel idea. I mean, there's a certain parallelness between the Rambam and the this. Um, because the because the starts with Adam, who was Bitzamalakim, and then how that's preserved. Um, it's a very interesting question. The thing is that the Yudah Levi has human beings being higher than animals. Oh, that's very interesting. I hear what you're saying. No, those the Yudah Levi has um. Inanimate things, right? Um, and now we learn today in the Rambam that there's animals, Adam, and perfected Adam. But is the first Adam, Rambam says, is just an animal. So when the Buddha Levi has animals and then humans, that might already be the Adam who's perfected. I'm not sure whether the Rambam's imperfected Adam is a different class. Right, he's, he says he's an animal in the shape of a human. He's a bats a gorilla. So, yeah, but he the Ram himself first says that even the margish of the of the nefesh 
is different than the nefesh of a behemoth before he even gets to das. Yes. Yeah, but that's because the magish of a horse is different than the magish of a of an eagle, not because it's a human. Because it's because it's so nefesh. Not because it's oh. not because a human being is better than a horse, just because a human being is different than a horse. I mean, he'll say that the margish of a horse is is a is a borrowed term. What's his lashon again? Is uh, yeah, yeah, shotef, meshotef, borrowed. You he'll say borrowed. it's a, it's lashon to uh, to the margish of a lion. Yes, loish agasha shabuvni agasha shabazeh. So it's loish agasha shabazeh min. He agasha biina shabazeh min haacher. The kol min v'min nashayish nefesh yish nefesh achzul nefesh achen. Mm-hmm. See. Uh-huh. Because that's because of what I explained before that there's kama dinim in the velk. There's a din sus, there's a din arye, there's a din eagle, because all these dinim, and each din, so to speak, has to have its um paulus to support the din. Yeah, that's not that's nothing to do with the fact that a human is better. So it's an interesting question you're asking. Um, I think I once had the same idea that Buda Levi really means that. I mean, Yudha Levi has his genetic aspect too, that somehow it's preserved in, in genetically, even if it gets lost for some generations. So that seems to be magical. And I mean to say it's like this. I mean that's not only that's not merely what the Ram is saying. There might be some magic that there's some human beings that are inherently predisposed to perhaps doing what the Ramam is saying. Yes. That Yudha Levi doesn't tell us. Um he doesn't seem to mean the Ramam. Short answer is no, no shaykhs. That's a short answer. <laughs> but whatever. We have to learn the Kibbutz separately. It's a different, whole different limud. It's right to also compare them, put them together, but his, his Iker Binyan is very different. All right, so we'll leave it at that. Are we ending the recording? Yeah, let me end the recording and then we could really say everything you want to say. <laughs>